MLS Aces episode 155. This is your host, Tom Sweezy, and I am joined by Jason Devang. Jason, how are you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, just well. <laughs> Things are just going, you know, days keep going by, and I'm just dragging along. <laughs> hey, you have a mini vacation tomorrow that you're going on, so that's yeah. you. Pumped for you there. Um, and it's been a little bit since we've been able to talk and even like do record any MLS Aces episodes. So I want to apologize to the listeners because I don't like to go delayed without talking to you and Sam and everything to that, uh, everything Mm -hmm. like that. And unfortunately, Sam's not with us tonight, but we'll get him on next episode. But we're back. We're going to be talking some of the quarterfinal games and then talk about the semifinal previews and then, you know, kind of how we're feeling about some of the players. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to talk about it. So do you have anything you want to start with before we dive into some shit? Let's dive. All right. So let's dive in. Um, first quarterfinal game. We'll talk about it. Philly union sporting Kansas city. Um, this was one of the games that I was really excited to watch because I'm a big fan of what Peter Vermees does with SKC just in general. And then with how the Philadelphia Union have looked in this tournament and they've looked like complete front runners from game one to now. um, You know, I was really excited for this matchup, right? It ends up with the Union winning 3-1 and a brace from Sergio Santos. Jamiro Montero puts a goal on himself. Brendan Aronson, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this or if you saw it, but that Brendan Aronson assist that he had that kind of just skated through everyone. (laughs) He has some incredible vision. Like, he's <laughs> so, so good. And the Philadelphia... He's, ni- he's 19, right? 18? I think he's 19. I think he's 19. That's insane. <laughs> the Philadelphia Union have just looked so good. And unfortunately, the lone goal from Alan Polito kind of did nothing for SKC. The back line looked like trash. And, you know, it didn't really have one of those traditional SKC um, looks to it in this game or feel uh, feel to it in this game. But I kind of want to focus on the Union here because, one, they won handedly 3-1. But, two, they've looked really, really impressive. And we can start with Brendan Aronson. He's just so, so good. And it's it's not even surprising at this point that Bundesliga, Bundesliga clubs are looking at this kid. Yeah, I mean, I think I think about Philly as in, like, like you could mention a bunch of players. Like, Andre Blake has been awesome. Um Mark McKenzie, he's been great. Uh, him and Jack Elliott have been that center back pairing. I think they've only allowed like three goals this entire tournament. Um, I could be wrong, but it's something low. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> regardless, though, it's like th- this Philly team is, they work so well together. And it's, it's almost as if there's not like one singular guy that you're like, oh, if he doesn't play well, no one, you know, the, the team's just kind of not in a good spot. It's like everyone kind of pushes each other to play well, so there's, they're always playing at such a high tier. And especially in a tournament like this, like when you have that kind of culture or that kind of mindset, like there's only you know a finite amount of games you have to win, and then they're two away now. Uh, so I think it gets, gets easier when you're able to have, like a, obviously, like the, the full reliability for your team. No, exactly. I mean, I think you touched on it big that like the union, they aren't one like they're they're not a one trick pony. Right. Like when you look at Atlanta United in especially in this tournament, it was shown that it was Joseph Martinez or, or nothing. Right. Like that's what Atlanta yeah. are all about. 
Philadelphia Union, what they've done this tournament, they have had very excellent play on defense. Andre Blake has come up with some amazing saves, and he's looking like Andre Blake of like 2016, 17, or 18. And that midfield has just looked good. Bedoya's had his moments. Um, Jamiro Montero's had his moments. Aronson's had his moments. And, um, you know, Jose Martinez has been a stud defensive midfielder, and he's looked like a very, very good signing for him this offseason. The Philadelphia Union, at, at this point with the four teams that are left, in my brain, I think have to be the front runner. What do you think? I think so, too. I'm looking up right now. Yeah, they've only allowed three games this entire tournament, which, what, they've played five now? Four or five? I think five to be where they're at right now. Yeah. Because so, everyone played three, and then there was two rounds already. So, yeah, five games and three goals allowed. That's incredibly impressive. But, yeah, I think they are the front runner, but I also think they have – the second toughest team to play. Yeah, I mean, we can dive right into that. Um, so we can dive into that corner final of NYCFC versus uh, the Portland Timbers. Unfortunately, um, you know, I think last time we spoke on this podcast, I went off on an NYCFC rant, and <laughs> they got into the knockout. Oh, you lucky. They, they got into the knockout round by like the skin of their ass like it was <laughs> like they, they that you know that like they, little they, asshole they, hair it wasn't even them that got themselves in right wasn't it <laughs> it was Toronto lost or something i think it was um fc cincinnati beating the red bulls by two goals i think that's what got us in but nonetheless wow. Nonetheless, we made it in, right? We beat Toronto um, in the in that first knockout round game. We go up against Portland, and Portland absolutely embarrasses us. Um, and, I mean, I don't want to focus on NYCFC because, again, I don't want to focus on the loser. We're out. It is what it is. But I do just want to say I tried, I tried willing <laughs> NYCFC to a complete performance turnaround like it did last year under Dome Torrent. After I went on that rent, on this podcast, NYCFC turned things around. So I was hoping to go on a rant. NYCFC turned things around. They kind of did, but at the end of the day, they. So, lose. but how? Like, what is the state of NYC, like NYCFC, in your mind right now? All right, so a little state of the union for for the city, right? They looked better. They looked better when. Well, it didn't take much for that, right? I mean, look, they <laughs> beat, they, they beat Miami, which wasn't the most handed. <laughs> win right it was a one nothing win over miami which isn't big but then the game against toronto new york city dominated that game like new york city had a very good game and unfortunately we had injuries to maxi morales and a bear for the toronto game and for the portland timbers game two big players maxi came on like subbed on and i think a bear subbed on too obviously they're not 90 minutes fit that completely changes things but I like where things are going with Ronnie Dyla. I think that obviously with any new head coach, he's implementing his own things, figuring out his own players and figuring out his own style and his own formation. And we've changed around our formation a bit under Ronnie Dyla. Um, I think we're going to be okay. Like I still think we have the talent and I think Ronnie Dyla has this okay enough where we're going to still be a top contender in the East. But I mean, um, at the end of the day, like it, this is pretty much a preseason tournament with a brand new head coach, and we picked it up, but it, it wasn't good enough, right? And the Portland Timbers absolutely handed it to us, and I mean, I have to give them their credit. 
Yeah, I mean, the Portland Timbers, uh, like, they're a team that really kind of has relied a lot on Sebastian Blanco, I think. Yeah. And he's just been phenomenal, right? I think he has, he has about two goals, five assists this tournament. Um, that's pretty incredible uh, when you think about it. And Diego Valeri has kind of, he, you know, you, you used to expect Diego Valeri to be the guy, the one who's, you know, making all the biggest headlines. But Blanco has really stepped up and it kind of like takes the pressure off Valeri, and I think it's working really well for them. Um, I mean, obviously, they're in the Final Four of the <laughs> tournament. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just really, like, Portland has been really good. I'm not going to say any more about Portland because, you know, we all know why. Because Portland Timber, I mean, Jason fucking whatever you <laughs> Timber, Mike, Portland, Timber, Jason. Yeah, you're, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> um but you know look Blanco I think like you said he's been like that dude on the team and he's really I think taking like you said taking some pressure off an older Diego Valeri where he can't do it all anymore and he doesn't have to if Blanco's Mm -hmm. what he's got to do and Jeremy Obobese has looked very good yes like the goal total may not be there maybe like a teammate you know in um Jaroslaw Niazgoda, and I think it's like Jarek Niazgoda is his nickname or something like that. Well, and everyone's giving him super space, like he has coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're 100% right, but when he's coming off the bench and he's bagging goals and he's bagging assists, like <laughs> super sub of the fucking year coming in, and he looks like, you know, an amazing DP signing, and the Timbers just completely banked on another striker, right? And. <clears throat> Diego Chara, I know this game was his 300th career game with the Portland Timbers, which is insane. Um, good. That's, I mean, he's been he's been around since the beginning, and the guy's still very good. Um, Eric Williamson's had himself a hell of a goddamn tournament as well. You know how scared I would be of Diego Chara. Cher- <laughs> <laughs> it, it, to everyone listening, it's late. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> Diego Chara. Do you know how scared it'd be if Diego Chara was like running at you on a soccer field? I just give him the ball. What like no wonder he's Chara? up Diego there. With... What do you say? So what about Diego Chara? Is he just as scary? I was saying Cherry. <laughs> Diego Cherry. Okay. He's just as scary. Like that guy's probably leading for interceptions in the tournament. I mean, he's just—he's a stud of a player, and even though he's a little bit older at, at the defensive midfield position, it's just—he's I mean, still scared, scary. Exactly. I'm struggling. <laughs> Can I say that yeah, Jimmy Chara hasn't been as impressive as I felt like he would be coming into this team? Yeah, you and just did. <laughs> I'm saying, like, have you gotten the same vibes, or is this just... No, just- no, I, I I know what you were saying. I was just messing with you. Um, yeah, I agree, 100%. He, Diego just sets the bar so high, right? <laughs> you got to live up to the brother, right? The older brother. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, it's just the, this Portland Timbers team has been good. Defense has been a little shaky for me. Steve Clark has had two straight games where I have no idea what the hell he's doing. Oh, don't even get me started, Tom. Like, like oh, it's the Cincinnati, worst performances I've ever seen. Cincinnati should have beat the Portland Timbers because of how bad Steve Clark Bro, If up. you told me that Steve Clark was being paid... To lose, I would not be like I would not question it. 
can I can can I share something? And this isn't. I didn't think I was going to share this, but but I I, I think I have to. Um, from an inside source, from a professional player in Major League Soccer, I, I got this message to me, and we were talking a little bit. Wow. About we were talking a little bit about Steve Clark after the the FC Cincinnati, or sorry, during the FC Cincinnati. Um, All right, get to the point, bro. He said that I rate Steve Clark as a goalkeeper, but the dude's kind of a weirdo. Every single time we played against him, he just shouts at himself, and I, I don't understand what he was doing in this game, letting the ball constantly slip through his hands. That the was hands. There was a time where he didn't even pick the ball up. That was the, from the penalty. The penalty game. Major League Soccer who messaged me that. I'm not giving away who it is, but that is what a, a, a co-worker of Steve Clark has said. Well, thank you, friend of the pod. <laughs> thank you, mysterious Unnamed, Unnamed FOP. So yeah, let's friend. talk about this, right? We, we've talked about the union. We've talked about um, the Portland Timbers. This is the semifinal game in what I like to call just like the left side of the bracket, just because that's how I'm looking at the bracket. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about this semifinal? And, and before we get to any solid predictions, I just kind of want to feel where you, where you're ga- gauge where you're at with this. I'm excited. I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, like you said before, Philly has looked awesome all tournament, but then on the other hand, Portland has that Sebastian Blanco, Diego Valeri, who you know can just pull a goal out of their ass at any point. So. Um, <laughs> This is, I think, the game I'm more excited about of the two. Yeah. Uh, just because I feel like this is, I don't know. I, th- I just, I think this will be more competitive. No, I think this is oh, definitely we'll gonna, gonna be the more. T- I hate saying this because everyone's right. like a professional soccer player, but it's gonna be the more talented, more, um, I guess, cleaner looking game of the two games, right? Because. You know, the Union are definitely a solid team. The Portland Timbers have players, but I also trust Gio Savarisi and how he set up, sets up this team every single game because he always seems to have a very detailed, good plan. For, he's a pretty good um, coach, yeah. He's a very good coach. Um, so I guess I'll dive into my predictions for this first, and then we'll, we'll go over to you, Jason. Yeah. I'm concerned where... Who starts for the Portland Timbers? To me, it seems like it's going to be a Bobasi up top, right? It's going to be Blanco on the one wing, Jimmy Char on the other wing. Does Valeri start? And I think that is a big deal for me. I thought Valeri not starting against NYCFC was going to be a, a, a big loss for them immediately out of the gates. He comes on and scores a goal, right? I mean, NYCFC Maybe opens up. a boost up. for them. I mean, maybe it is, right? But I would like to think that you want your captain, you want, like, you know, your best player in club history out there setting a tone early on, especially with two games left of this tournament and a CCL spot up for birth, uh, up for grabs. So, I don't know. I think I, that... Wait, I agree with that. Sorry, let me just... I agree, yeah, no. but at the same time, like, if they can hold for 45 minutes without Diego Valeri and then you have a fresh Diego Valeri coming on for the second half, it's a pretty scary thought for, for Philly. Sure, and, and I don't disagree, right? And we've talked about how good of a tournament that um, it's a big if. 
Diego Chara's had, and I've talked about this episode and last episode about how much I love Eric Williamson. But Sebastian Blanco's been great. Sebastian Blanco's been great, but can Marvin Loria and Jimmy Chara, who were the replacements last game, can they withstand the midfield running at you of Jamiro Montero, Brendan Aronson, Alejandro Bedoya, uh, Alejandro Bedoya and um, Jose Martinez? Because they've been very, very good this tournament. And when I'm looking mm-hmm. at the field going up against midfield, I, I think the Union have been way more consistent rather than this Portland midfield. And they're going to need a lot out of Valeri, whether he comes on as a sub or starts. No, yeah, but I guess like the decision then is, is Valeri better use, utilized as a sub to the point where he's like... You put him. Let's say. Let's say. Like, I mean, we're not in the locker room. We don't. We don't know their fitness levels and whatnot. But yeah. like, if if Gio Savarese's like, hey, Valeri is, he can play ninety minutes, but you know, from sixty five, seventy on, we're gonna have you know fifty percent Valeri. Yeah. Is it better to go a hundred percent Valeri for a half? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I think with some extra rest that they've had going from the quarterfinal game to now the semifinal game, I think Valeri I think starts. I just like that's my opinion. I think he will start. No, and you're 100 percent right. I think he starts right. I just think how does the rest of that midfield hold up, right? Like you throw Andy Polo on as a late game sub, and uh, Nia's Goda on as a late game sub again. Does Polo hit another fucking wonder goal against the against the Union and do his stupid dance that he had that I loved, but against NYCFC? <laughs> you know, like does he do like Andy Polo hasn't scored a lot of goals for the hype that he's come that he came to the Portland Timbers with? Can he is this kind of maybe him pulling it out two straight games in a row? I doubt it. Can we get another Nia's go to wonder goal? I doubt it, and that's why I'm going with the Union making making uh, the final out of this semifinal game. So you're picking Philly? Yeah, I just think Philly's been way more consistent. I think the defense has been way better, and I yeah. think that you know they're gonna score the goals. It's not gonna be from the same guy, and you don't know who's gonna hit you. And I like that. It's kind of like you know you're staring at everyone on the field. Who's gonna be the guy that's gonna have the brace this game, or who's gonna be the guy that puts in that amazing pass for the goal? And you don't know because it could be any single one of them out there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Philly has been more consistent. Uh, but I got a ride with Portland. <laughs> I got it. I mean, at this point, I, if I didn't, it would be, it'd just be wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think Philly, yeah, the consistency is great, but I just can't bet against, you know, like Blanco who, or Valeri or, you know, Abobasi, any of these guys, they, they can just Diego Chara, they, they can just pull shit whenever they want. And, like, it just seems to work for this team. I don't know why. It just seems they're, they're hard to bet against. Well, you know what? I can't wait to see Steve Clark screaming at himself in net tonight. And, you know. The only happen. person I want is Steve Clark not to take the ball out. <laughs> like, he's playing. I don't even know. There's literally no comparison. It's just the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Just stop. <laughs> just pick it up. It's like he forgets he can use his hands. <laughs> Uh, it's okay, Timber Jason. It's okay, man. And I know you're gold. Mad. I'm not even. Uh. All right, let's talk better. about just be better, Steve Clark. <laughs> let's talk about the right side of the bracket. Um, and then probably 
an unbelievable upset. I don't think anyone would have picked to start the tournament, but the first quarterfinal game, Orlando City, Orlando City versus LAFC. Um, LAFC was up for for most of this game, right? Bradley Wright Phillips had that goal in regulation, um, and it was a one nothing game up into the 90th minute where. Former LAFC left back Joao Matinho puts in a ball in the back of the net off of a Nani corner and game on 1 1. And guess what? After regulation, that shit goes to pens and Nani puts away the, the final penalty to send Orlando City onto the semifinals. He cups his ear and he celebrates like a five year old kid. And I was loving every minute of it. Bob Bradley <laughs> was not loving it. And it was, it, it was just, it's unbelievable to watch this fucking team play week in and win week out because this is not the Orlando City we've known for the past What is happening? Years. I mean it's 2020. This is just weird. Just weird happens, right? I mean, yeah, like and that's why I think Orlando City have a legitimate shot to to win the <laughs> tournament because it's like it's 2020, man. You don't know. It, you really don't. There's anything can happen. Honestly, the weirder results will probably happen. So I first want to talk about LAFC real quick. Just real quick. Defensively, they're allowing goals, and it's not looking great, right? Like, they're still rotating, trying to figure out where to play Tristan Blackman. Is Dejan Jakovic um, still a starter on this team? We didn't see Andy Nahar start any games. Um, the, the the defense has looked very shaky, Um but then on the flip side, Atuesta blasting Mark Anthony K looked fantastic all tournament. Diego Rossi, Bradley. Yeah, I was like Diego Rossi. Wait a second. <laughs> Diego Rossi, Bradley Wright Phillips, Brian Rodriguez have looked fantastic all tournament. And in the attack, Carlos Vela was not missed, which is insane to me. But at the end of the day, when the goals dry up, and they dried up because Orlando City played it perfect. It it, it almost seemed that they played it almost perfect. Orlando City moves on. Yeah, honestly, this is like not super specific to what you said, but I, you know how many times I forgot that Bradley Wright Phillips was on LAFC? I call him uh, Philip Wright Bradley <laughs> because he wears the number, uh, uh, he wears 66 for LAFC, and I just think it's an upside down world. So <laughs> I just mix I up. I mean, it definitely is an upside down world. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Maybe they miss Walker Zimmerman a bit. <laughs> yeah, you, th- you think that the the one of the um, best 11 defenders of last year would be big, right? Eddie Segura, I love him. I think he's a very good defender. But when you're rolling with some dudes who just haven't looked good, and Kenneth Vermeer also, he looked mm-hmm. good in this game, but for the rest of the tournament, he got replaced for two games too. Like, when you're rolling with the defense that just isn't looking good and you're playing it's also like like you're saying the inconsistency of who is actually yeah. on the field like yeah. I think center back pairings are some of the most important to be consistent and have a good relationship and if you're switching that up I mean obviously like they needed to do but it just is makes it even even tougher no, exactly. When you're throwing in Jakovic next to Segura for a few games, and then you want to throw in a different right back, and you push Tristan Blackman inside, like Tristan Blackman's probably confused, or he's probably like trying to adjust from playing right back to center back and getting up the field as a right back in the LAFC system. Yeah. Now he's playing back at center back. It, it's very inconsistent, and for a coach like Bob Bradley, you know, you'd think that he would have things changed, but. 
look, they lost. They're out. I don't want to, like I said, I know we keep on talking about the losers, but I don't want to talk about them. They're done. It's insane, the tournament Diego Rossi's had, and I'll give him that credit. But Oscar Perea has had his Lions ready to fucking play every single game. We're forgetting that LAFC is your second favorite team. Uh, we're not, because they're not, but it's fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, has there been anyone on Orlando City in this game or overall in the tournament that's really impressed you? I mean, obviously, Nani. Yes, he's been the best player on the field for Orlando City in every single game, I'd say. I mean, if... I think he's in the MVP race, for sure. Uh, I think he has four total goals and assists. He's been, by far, you know, the most dominant player for them. I thought uh, Pereira... I can't speak. Pereira <laughs> has been really good um, for Orlando he has City. Been very good. Maurizio. Um, yeah. He last year he looked very disjointed and disconnected from the team. I mean, obviously now new head coach, new system. I think he's fitting into Pereira's system pretty well. He he just feels like he he understands the game far better than he had you know last year. Yeah. Um, and it's just like he knows what's going on and is able to make decisions quickly and make the correct decisions. So I, I mean, felt he's also been quite well. Good. He has European experience, right? He's played in Champions League and Europa League, I think. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's with big teams, but he's playing it with like you know Russian Premier League teams and everything like that. He has higher quality experience, and when you pair him, you know, next to a guy like Nani and a talented youngster like Chris Mueller. Uh, Things do go well if there is a system behind it. Chris Mueller has been really good, too, actually. Yeah, very good. Wow. Uh, I, the goals have slowed down for him, too. Like, Jeremy, yeah. both, both goals have scored uh, slowed down for the for the young Americans. But he's been very impressive. He looks much better than last year. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. Um, I've been impressed with Ruan on the back line. I mean, he was probably one of the best pieces last year for Orlando City, which isn't saying much, but he's continued to do well. Joao Matinho's looked well. I like Pedro Gaisi and Net, their new goalkeeper. I like the additions that Pereja made, and if I'm going to give a coach of this tournament, I think right now Pereja has to be top of the list for me. I saw some people online arguing for Matias Almeida, but... He's out, bro. Orlando City's <laughs> in the fucking semifinals. Like, that's it. I mean, he's kind of got to be. Like like you said earlier, nobody expected this, probably. No. I mean, they're the home team, I guess. <laughs> home field advantage. <laughs> home field advantage. Is there a home field advantage regardless of fans? Kind of. Uh, maybe. Like, you know your grass? I mean, it's they're still not their grass. No, sure. I, I know, I know, but like, this is, this is besides the point. <clears throat> this is, I'm making a, a separate point based off of your comment. Got you. Well, if we <laughs> want to talk about home field advantage, we can turn to the other uh, the other quarterfinal game of San Jose versus Minnesota. If you, Jason, or you listening, did not know this, Adrian Heath used to manage the Orlando City USL side. And the Orlando City USL side played in the Wild World of Sports um, complex. So Adrian Heath actually does know this field like, and does oh. know fields. So a little bit of home field advantage there maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's a stretch. But Minnesota absolutely just... The underdogs, huh? 
<laughs> just they're the underdogs. Yeah, I guess so. I I, I don't know. Minnesota, they <laughs> handled the crew in penalties in, in the the round of sixteen game, and then go up against San Jose, which everyone was like, you got to give San Jose their chances. San Jose's been pulling all these games back from behind. Blah blah blah, and fucking four one win. Absolutely smoke San Jose. Matias Almeida's system looked like it wasn't even there, and. Minnesota keeps on moving on as the underdogs. Yeah, I mean, how much does Seattle regret losing us? Or like, yeah, Osvaldo Alonso. Like, he's been great. I mean, I will say that when he moved to Minnesota, I shit on the move the entire time. I didn't think it was going to work out. I didn't think an older legs in a colder city was going to work out. But well, it's well, they're not in a colder city, so maybe that's the point here. True. You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> it's this game though, the 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 San Jose Minnesota game. Everyone said like watch out, San Jose's been making comebacks in the second half whatever, but Minnesota was just playing on a different level, man. Like Robin mm-hmm. It looked fantastic. Luis Maria looked fantastic. Dotson and Gasper were killing it in the fullback positions. Like you said, Ozzy Alonso. Like, Minnesota is firing on all cylinders. And if I hear Adrian Heath say, we, no one rates us and we're underdogs one more time, I'm going to rip my goddamn fucking head off. What if he listens to this podcast? And what if I said, you know, I don't think they're that good just now. <laughs> and then it's like, now it makes sense. <laughs> he's gonna use that he's gonna clip it he's gonna play it over the loudspeaker in the locker room for the, for the say no one rates us no one rates us no, it's just gonna be me going i don't think they're that good <laughs> they're not that good no <laughs> it's just i mean but like going back to minnesota man like no Eco para either no Eco para which is big right and even last game with um Wow, blanking on his name off the top of my head. Uh, Kevin Molino, hot boy. He's been out for two games now due to injury, and he looked like their best player in, in the group stage, right? He's been out for two games. Ja'Cory Hayes has filled in amazingly. I remember I sent out a tweet. I was a little late to watching the beginning of San Jose, Minnesota, and I saw the lineups late. So I tweeted the Minnesota lineup, and I was like, Ja'Cory Hayes playing the 10. How do we feel about this, Minnesota fans? And as soon as I hit, like, send, like, I updated Twitter, and I turned on my TV, and it was like, oh, Ja'Cory Hayes just scored a goal. I'm like, okay, there we go. It works out. So, like, they, they're they getting contributions from so many different pieces, from Raheem Edwards, Ja'Cory Hayes, Aaron Schofeld, Marlon Hairston. The depth on this team is fantastic. The starting lineup talent is fantastic. I love Chase Gasper. He's really shown himself to be super impressive at left back in this tournament. And, I mean, I know that I said Philly's Philly's definitely my number one seed, but Minnesota, like my number one contender. Minnesota's my, my second contender. Yeah, I I mean, well, Minnesota plays Orlando, right? So, I mean, they we can would, talk about they the What would you say? I said we can talk about the semifinal now, Minnesota Orlando. What what are you thinking? Well, I'm saying you're saying they're your second contender, but like, yeah, technically, right? Because if you think, obviously, you think they're going to win this, right? Apparently, um, I mean, I do. Yeah, I kind of gave that away a little bit. Drawing fine, conclusions, whatever. conclusions. <laughs> Good at that, you know. Drawing, drawing <laughs> conclusions here. Um, I don't know what point I was trying to make besides the fact that. Never Got mind. 
Right you know now. what? I'll 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 start talking. <laughs> Orlando versus Minnesota in in the right half semifinal. I'm excited for it because this is potentially an Adrian Heath revenge game, and I love that. I absolutely love that. I want to see an angry Adrian Heath screaming on the sideline that no they one don't raid us. us. They don't raid us, and that you know he just goes out and beats his old team that fired him. Like I want to see that. I really want to see that, and I think it's going to happen. I think Minnesota. Six so. I don't think that, but I. <laughs> I think, I think that even though Orlando City has adapted to the teams that they play, right? Like they've done that really well this tournament, and I will give them that credit. I just think that Minnesota has been firing on all cylinders. Defensively, they've looked good. Tyler Miller, who I've said some maybe mean things in the past about, has been an absolute stud this tournament in net. Um, you know, I, I just Tyler really. Tyler Miller has always been. Like solid, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I I've maybe been a little harsh on him, and I and that's fine. If I was ever if I ever get the chance to talk to him, Sam's um, our goalkeeper guy. Yeah, Sam's also. I don't think he's that big on Tyler Miller either, but he's proven everyone. He's proving us wrong at least, right? You know, I think a good goalkeeper does go a long way in a cup competition, and if they can get <laughs> contributions up top from whether it be Luis Maria. Aaron Schofield, Mason Toy, whoever it may be, I, I really think that they're going to win then. You know, like if this if this striker can put a ball away, then Minnesota has the W, in my opinion. I just think Minnesota is the stronger team, honestly, when it comes down to it. Uh, I, I It's kind of sad, though, because, like, you, you, I, was, I was liking this little run Orlando City had going here. Um, All right, so how about I, I have a question for you. What does Orlando City need to do? If you're watching this game, what do you think Orlando City needs to do to continue the run? I mean, they've got to watch every fucking game that Minnesota United has played um, and just, I don't know, find their weaknesses. What is is Minnesota's weakness at this point? Um, Getting hit on the counter, I would maybe say. So park the bus and counter? Is that even going to work, though? I mean, I I don't know. I really think it's tough because Minnesota just has looked so good. Um, I really think they, you know, they need to completely, like I said, they need to to make whoever's playing striker, whether it's Amory, Schofield, Toy, I don't care. You need to completely get him out of the game, right? You can't let him score. You can't let him hold. Yeah, have up. someone sit on his shoulder. Yeah, because if you if you let whoever that is hold the ball up to get the ball out to an on-running wad, um, Greg, yeah. it's uh, Hairston, whoever it may be that's coming up, right, then that's where things go bad. Because once Minnesota gets numbers in their favor, once Gasper gets up the field or Dotson or Metinair gets up the field, then they're going, they're going to put balls into the box, and they're bigger than you, stronger than you, and set pieces are huge for Minnesota, right? Like, Mike, Michael Boxall is a big, big man. Jose Aja is a big man. You need to not let Minnesota get set pieces in your half of the field because they will beat you. They will score goals on that. Yeah, I think uh, when it kind of comes down to it, though, like, Orlando's going to have to hope for mistakes, at the end of the day, they can play their best game, but they still might lose, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think they, you know. Minnesota is just a great team. 
Yeah, and they are. And it's, you know, they need to do their best to avoid mistakes defensively. And at the end of the day, just, I don't know, do do your best to uh, to create mistakes on the other side of the field and kind of get Nani into space and uh, maybe have Chris Mueller be a little um, kind of what he was looking like in the group stage and kind of have guys like that. And if Tesho can stay hot too, then, yeah, that helps. But I really think Minnesota pulled this one out. I mean, this this would be very interesting if Orlando City won, be like a NWSL Houston dash. Yeah, I mean, I picked I, against them all tournament, and they still pulled <laughs> it out. So it is doable. So you're picking Minnesota with me? Yeah, I'm picking Minnesota. Right. Cool. So right now in your brain, we're not going to do super detailed in this, right? But you have Minnesota Portland in your final. If that's the final that comes up. How do you like the the MLS's back tournament to round up? Who do you who do you have as their winner if that's the final? Who do you think? I mean, I clearly, clearly, Timber Jason has to go. Yeah, Timbers. clearly. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't go with Port, I mean, it's just it's it's the uh, character I'm building. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you are a character, man. <laughs> no, yeah, I I think I would probably go with Portland. Um, but that game would be very close. That that would be a fun game, and I even think my potential, I want that game now. Yeah, <laughs> my potential final of the Philly Union versus Minnesota. I feel that would be, also be a good game. That'd be a great game as well. I mean, I if that's the final, I think I'd have to go Philly Union. Um, and maybe Adrian Heath is now playing this over the loudspeaker in the locker room, saying they don't rate us. Even if we make the final, they don't rate us. But I mean, <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I think that Minnesota is clearly, and watch, we record next episode and Orlando City wins. But I think Minnesota clearly is going to make it out of that right side of the bracket. I think the Philly Union Portland Timbers game is way, is going to be the close. It clo- can go either way. And no matter what, with any of these four teams, honestly, there's some storyline, there's some narrative, and I'm excited to watch that final. That yeah, I'm really excited, and it ha- this has all happened so fast, so crazy. <laughs> Three games left. It's it's absolutely insane. This tournament has been a whirlwind, and I mean, we'll see. Um, you know what potential season could look like after, um, you know after this. They're saying that they might want to start things right up at the end of August, which would be sick. But mm-hmm. with some of the positive cases that have been floating around USL Championship and their traveling and everything like that, I'm I don't seeing know. seeing MLB, too. It's gone. MLB's bad. What do you do about the Canadian teams? Because then you can't have them travel and quarantine if you go in and out of Canada. So the, the reports are that the impact Toronto FC and Vancouver, that they're going to have to find homes in America for the next few months. So it's it'll be interesting to see what happens, but let's kind of not think about that. Let's put that on <laughs> the back of the brain right now, and let's just focus on these two games we got coming up tonight and tomorrow. Um, they're really big games, and I'm I'm excited for this final. And you know, I have some ideas for for the final, what we can do as an MLS Aces unit, but we'll, we'll talk about that off air. But Jason, you have anything you want to say before I throw some plugs in and we finish up this episode? Um, really, just like. This tournament has been really fun. I mean, I've been 
trying to keep up. There's a lot of times where I'll look at my phone and be like, a game already ended? What? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> like, what? I didn't even know it started. And then I, like, go watch the replays and re-watch the games. Yeah. It's been a lot of me sitting here watching, like, three soccer games in a row that have already happened. Like, ooh. So that that happens. But it's been fun. There's been a lot of soccer on. It's kind of, you know... Whether you think it should happen or not, at this point it is, and it's been seemingly going pretty well, um, and I've been enjoying it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, the MLS is back after the whole hiccups with FC Dallas and Nashville. I mean, there's been no positive cases for weeks now. It seems to be going off really well. And, you know, in the whole grand scheme of American sports between MLS, NBA, MLB, NHL, everything going on, MLS and I mean first of all I have to give the credit to NWSL because outside of you know the Orlando Pride incident NWSL their bubble in Utah the actual tournament itself was perfect absolutely perfect and Major League Soccer followed and it's absolutely great the NBA is following and it seems like that's been going well I know it's still early on but everything seems to be going well there the NHL everything is going well with their bubble cities um, you know, right now the biggest problem sport is Major League Baseball, and guess what? They're not playing in a bubble, and I have a feeling <laughs> the NFL is going to follow suit. But just not get into that. Um, I'm just gonna, I agree with that. <laughs> just throw out some plugs, and we'll get out of here with this episode. Um, if you guys want to follow us, we are on Instagram. I know I don't always like plug Instagram the most, or I don't always like update it the most. I'm bigger on Twitter, but I'm trying to get better with Instagram. Instagram, you can follow us at MLS underscore Aces. But if you guys do want to interact with me, Jason, Sam, Moore, you can also follow us on Twitter. Pretty very active on there. Um, Twitter, we're at MLS Aces. And I do have to give a quick little pat on the back to myself. Recently, this past week, we broke a thousand followers on Twitter. So that was big. Um, Thank you to everyone who follows. And if you don't follow, what are you doing? Follow follow now. Um, and kind of after getting a 1,000 followers, I decided let's kind of just do what everyone else does, right, and set up a Patreon. So if you guys want to, you know, if you, you guys are probably blanking this out right now after I said the word Patreon. But if you want to support the show, you want to support me, Jason, Sam, the website, the blogs, everyone else over at MLS Aces, you can go to um, patreon.com slash MLS Aces or just go to patreon.com and search MLS Aces, all one word, no spaces. Um, and you can support us. There we have three tiers. We got the duck tier. We have the meet and greet with Timber Jason tier. And then we got, wow, what an ace hole. So you can go on <laughs> and see what um, you get from a part of each of these tiers. And honestly, guys... We do this for you. I mean, I look, I enjoy sitting with Jason and Sam and talking every single week and just bullshitting. But the, the interactions really do make it. Like, when you guys interact with us, I absolutely love it. It makes me feel like I'm not just talking to just, like, you know, Jason and Sam. I'm talking to a larger group of people. Hey, so. we're pretty cool. <laughs> you guys are cool. <laughs> Listeners are pretty cool, too. So... I do give the listeners their credit. Thank you guys for listening always and supporting us. And, um, you know, we're we're just trying to make it better every single week, change some things up, and, um, you know, that's all we got. So that's all I got to say. Jason, thank you for recording with me tonight. Um, Everyone, enjoy these semifinal games. Enjoy the final. We'll be back before the final for sure. Um, But... 
without saying anything else, <laughs> peace out. Yeah. Peace.